Gather your friends and turn up the sound because it's time for Roadworthy Drive, America's premier news and technology talk show, hosted by Ken, Jack, and Sasha of the Roadworthy Drive crew. And now, here's the Roadworthy Drive ringmaster, Ken Chester. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Grab your friends, call the relatives, and turn up the knob. It's time again for Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. I'm Ken, and along with Sasha and Jack, we are better known together as the Roadworthy Drive crew. So glad you could be with us. Now, regular listeners know that we pack plenty into the hour, and today is no exception. On deck, cashierless stores and fast-charging electrics, I'm sorry, fast Electric charging stations. Got to read the script. It really helps when <laughs> Say you do that. Say that 10 times faster, sir. No kidding. Harley Davidson's new electric bike. What, what? And police equipped with flying motorbikes. That was are you, all me. Are you somebody smoking their socks here? Uh, no, no. It's, it's a thing. It's a thing, and it's, it looks it's, it's, it's awesome. A thing. All that with the usual comments, as you can already tell, and reactions from the crew. <laughs> but before we continue, mm. as always, we welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions. Call or text the show via the Roadworthy Driveline, that number, 872-222-9793. That number is good anytime. Now, can I interject just real quick? Yes. I just wanted to give a shout out. I had a wonderful conversation with one of our listeners who did not want to be on air, and that's fine. But I wanted to say how much I love hearing from you guys. The comments that are coming in, and especially the conversations from all over, you guys are awesome. In other words, that's Sasha for You Guys Rock. Yeah. Guys rock. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who would rather communicate via email, my address is Ken at RoadworthyDrive.net. Either way, get you the hookup. <laughs> and speaking of the hookup, <laughs> let's say hi to the other two members of the crew, starting with the man at the controls and favorite of the suits. Please say hi to Roadworthy Drive's own Jack DeLeon. Holding things down at mic two is the saucy and vivacious, sometimes caffeinated, always opinionated. A always a show favorite, Miss <laughs> Sasha Little. Howdy, my peoples. Now, my opinions are also factual. I think that I would much rather have always fact-based opinions. Ah, uh, uh-huh. still where we like to go with that, Miss Sasha. <laughs> still an opinion. <laughs> no matter how you get there. Yes, Sir Jack. Oh, by the way, uh-huh. yes. Before the show, uh-huh. I was looking at Twitter real fast. Uh-huh. And how is the twittering? Uh. One of their lead stories this morning is what he's going to talk about <gasps> in third segment. Imagine well, there, well, there that. You, and, so I'm like, and I'm like going, okay, this is a small world after all. Indeed it is. It's almost as if you have a researcher that stays on top of news and articles that are going on in today's what? world. You know, I wish, I wish we had one. You know? <laughs> and, let, and let's move on to the park spin this week, Ooh, sir. I am not. I am not. And no. just like that, she was forgotten, left uh, yeah. alone in the corner. <laughs> In the in in the booth in the booth in, in, the, in dark. the dark yeah yeah um remember we've talked about Faraday future yep and we on thought again that, off again yeah Faraday future the one that yeah they're totally rock and oh they're bankrupt and oh no they're back again and well they're broke again what yeah we did not see that coming uh, yeah I know right <laughs> it appears that it, they're going down for the count and this time it looks like for good now did it happen to say what 
caused? Because oh, I know the first time mm-hmm. it was because of, what was it, their CEO or their owner? The, the first time, they ran out of money. No, right. No, no. Uh, the second time, they had put together this fairly complicated, a little bit bizarre kind of deal. Okay. But it was supposedly worth $2 billion. What ended up happening is the company that was for, fronting the money uh-huh. backed out, out of, after putting in $800 million. Oh, they basically changed their tune the, and bailed. The important part of this whole thing is did, the money. No, no, no. <laughs> I think that's cute that you say so. Now, did they get my car built? No. I. But no. They had one job. It's one not, job. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It, 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 I don't even Accor- care. About according, color. according to an article by <laughs> actually a good friend of mine, Paul Eisenstein, who I've known for a number of years. Shout out to Paul. I uh, yeah. Shout out to Paul. Um. It looks like that the money that they were promised uh-huh. was not forthcoming. Faraday took them to court, and all they got was the court allowed them out of those agreements so they could start trying to attract new money. But you're still looking at hundreds of millions of dollars, and uh, they say they need $500 million to make things right, but it's not happening. Now, I mean, excuse me if, you know, rudimentary, I have no legal standing, whatever, but how exactly is a company that basically came in there, saved them from dying, promised them, what was it, $2 billion? $2 billion. All right. And then decided all of a sudden to be like, you know what? No. Happens all the time. Their lawyers drew that contract up. So somehow, some way, they got a out. An out clause. Well, apparently there may have been some, and I'm not saying that they did this, okay? Right, right. It was either some misspending or they didn't like the way they were spending their money. Could be be nothing more than a disagreement in direction. Now, the piece does not discuss what the falling out was about, except that it happened. All right. Um, The problem is, happens all the time in business. You know, you get investors. uh, The investors may not agree with the direction of the company. Uh, They may either withhold their money or force a management change. Uh, In this case, they decided to withhold their money. After $800 of the $2 billion, which is not even half, they said, we're done. We're not putting in any more money. I've got to have very strong feels for that company. I mean, can you imagine being that owner, CEO? Like, can you imagine, like, okay, I've got this idea, and we kind of hit a rock spot, but now we're back. We bounce back, and then this. Think about being one of the 1,300 people they hired. Think about the city that gave them incentives, Hannaford, California. Yeah. Think about the executives that have quit. The high-level executives said, you know what? Company's out of money. We don't see a way out. There's no need for us to be here. We're done. Well, okay. I don't necessarily feel bad for those, but I do feel bad about the couple that left. Like, they got one really high exec from, like, what was it, Google, Waymo or something like that, that came over. And now to find out that he took that leap and then there's nothing there. I I'm, wouldn't feel sorry for them. If you've got those kind of chops in the tech industry, you'll land on your feet. It may be a different true. company. Shoot. Uh, the company you came from might take you back. That's true. I mean, it's not that he left um, on bad will yeah. from where he left. It was an opportunity. Happen Again, happens all the time. They get a chance to maybe you're an executive, maybe you're a supervisor or a low-level official. Somebody gives you a chance to be, you know, to run something or to be a higher-level official for a lot more money. Yeah, you're going to take the job. Um, the question is whether or not uh, what kind of obligations, because this plant that was remodeled was an old Pirelli tire plant. 
Right. So, I mean, what's going to happen to and the they were obligation? Still in, well, you've got suppliers and equipment and all of these companies that were on site because they were still building the plant last time we reported. Ooh. So that's come to a screeching halt. Suppliers don't get paid. Their contractors don't get paid. I was just about they'll to put, bring up they'll put liens. They'll put liens against the business. Right up against holiday yeah, season. Yeah, it's not... It, if they don't find money, it's not going to end well. Unfortunately, the auto industry is full of companies like this that go for it and fail. People don't fully realize, as, as, a, con- as a comparison, how successful Tesla really is to get as far as they did and to have recently made a profit. Can I just do a shout out to Elon? I mean, can we just do Will you just let one? the man go? No, I won't, actually. <sighs> you know, they've got a new uh, CEO She's actually their CFO. We're not talking about that. We're but talking we, about Elon Musk. But, but we are, though. We've He's failed. got a new boss. No. She's the new chairman. You know what? Chairperson. And I think that's great, but it's still all about Elon. <sighs> Moving on. No kidding. What else you got? Uh, um, Seattle. Time for. Seattle. Real quick. It's raining. Uh, no. They have announced plans for the city to go electric and green in their fleet completely. <gasps> Now, see, I figured Seattle would be one of those cities that would be that would be because that's just the atmosphere there. Try this on for size. I'll try. To date, the city has installed over 300 charging stations since 2011 to support fleet electrification specifically. Seattle's fleet, the city's fleet, includes 200 plug-in electric vehicles now, hundreds of hybrid vehicles now, and the largest government-owned electric vehicle charging hub. That's right now. Working with Electrify America, you know, the Volkswagen folks, um, they're spearheading an EV infrastructure project uh, across 40 states that's going to include 30 ultra-fast vehicle chargers at more than 30 shopping centers and other locations. We're going to talk about that later in the program. So this thing's happening. And this year, 2018, Seattle purchased 93 electric vehicles with another 32 to be bought in the coming months. Their goal uh, is 10% by 2020 and fully fossil fuel-free fleet by 2030. And that's the city of Seattle. So this thing's happening. Electric vehicles are a thing in a way they've never been before, and cities like as more cities get on the bandwagon, they're going to start to see the economic advantages of something like going to an electric vehicle. It's more than just saving fuel. Coming up, cashierless stores, fast-charging electric stations, and microchipped human beings. What does it all mean? We explain. Real opinions, real talk. You are listening to Roadworthy Drive. Sir, can you tell us why you drive a rabid diesel? Sure, because the government says it gets the highest mileage in America. Hey, that is good. Well, it's more than that. Diesel fuel also costs less than gasoline. Oh? Yeah, and the rabid diesel never needs a conventional tune-up. Is that for the record? Why not? Amazing. It sounds like a miracle. No, sounds like a Volkswagen. Volkswagen does it again. 
If you're just tuning in, this is Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester in studio with Sasha Little and Jack Tillian, better known together as the Roadworthy Drive crew. Or the peanut gallery. I would prefer the crew. <laughs> I have often said here on the show that nowadays technology is often more connected than not, even if it seems to be coming from different directions. This is the premise for topic A. Now, on the surface, these three items seem not to have any commonality, but they do and they will. I'm going to start with this. Um, computer maker Lenovo is opening up a cashierless store in Beijing. In Beijing. Using facial recognition to identify the customers upon entry. Okay. And then does that link them to like their financials or? Actually, in this case, um, once the facial recognition, once they've been recognized, they mm -hmm. have to basically wave. Um, their, they have to put their face in front of a tablet upon entry so they could recognize their face. Now. It will, to answer your question, mm -hmm. the charges will be automatically deducted from the mobile payments accounts. Now, the reason why that makes a difference is that in China, where this is being done, is most people rely on mobile apps like WeChat and Ally, Eli Pay, A-L-I Pay, mm -hmm. uh, Alipay, I guess is the way you pronounce that. So it's easy to get the general populace to try a cashierless checkout based on mobile payments, but they're not the only ones. There are other companies doing it they call the lenovo they call it the lenovo leku unmanned store so so just the marketing value right okay so awesome. but here's my thing in order for it to use the facial facial um recognition software right mm -hmm. they would have had to have uh, there goes my mic they would have had to have actual um permissions from their id office like from there you know like what we would use the dmv right they would have had to have had some kind of registry to have all of these faces or or are these already lenovo customers that already have an account that they uploaded their pictures to their own i would say since they're already using wechat and uh alipay that that would be part of it because this this is not just one thing, um, it, it's a whole wave. But I wanted to start here because it says many Chinese tech companies um, that make hardware also choose to launch cashierless stores that sell snacks. It's not, it is not a single thing to Lenovo. But it's just interesting because Lenovo, of course, is a hardware maker that everybody knows. Mm -hmm. uh, they hope to add features like ordering at the store to ship directly to your house and a smart coffee machine that would learn customer preferences. So th they're using it as a pilot program, as most uh, companies in China do. And no, you cannot have one of those in your office. I mean... This man in the suits, really. Hey, hey, hey. At least the suits got us chairs. Agreed. Now, let me bring something a little closer to home. Uh-huh. Uh, Walmart-owned Sam's Club is opening a cashierless store in Texas. Oh! <gasps> Just like Amazon's automated Amazon Go stores, not nearly as automated as the Lenovo store. Right. But basically. And that would make sense because for your Sam's Club, you have to get a picture taken for your ID. Mm -hmm. So you're automatically, and I'm sure that they probably sign these people up for, do you give consent to your, you know. You would think that unless their membership already in the fine print says you do. 
Oh, that's awesome. Because this is the United States and we don't take data privacy. Would not, would not surprise me. Serious at all. The bottom line. Don't get me started. It's <laughs> not quite as automated as the high-tech Amazon Go. The way this is going to work, uh-huh. users would use a new Sam's Club Now app to scan their items as they walk through the store. Right. But there's still going to be a final scan from a staff member as you exit to complete your service, Aww. your purchase. So kind of like turning the entire store into a continuous self-checkout stand. Now, see, here's – okay. Let's go into the future just a little bit. Give me two minutes. Now, what if you went into a Sam's Club, right? And you scanned the items using the app that you wanted. And then upon leaving, they would give you your total. And that could be done either with a cashier or whatnot. And then they would say, when would you like your items delivered? And then instead of you actually taking the items that you just scanned home, it would like be delivered the way like Amazon does, where it's one to two hour delivery on a it, schedule. Yes. Um, yeah, that would not surprise me. But try this one on for size with an autonomous vehicle. Ah, remember we talked about fast charging stations. We and did. Electrify America. Yes. Electrify America already has thirty fast charging stations online in the United States. Only thirty. Ah, but wait a minute. Um, they're expecting. Get this. As far as the first phase of the required investment by their settlement, they are going to deploy over 2,000 DC ultra fast charges at nearly 500 cities in metro and highway locations across 40 states and 17 major cities by, wait for it, 2020. June 2019. No. Less than a year from now. Okay, now you said settlement. Did, were they in some kind of legal battle? The Dieselgate, where we've talked about this for the last three years, and they were pledged to spend two billion dollars to go to an electrical right. field. You know but, what? I keep forgetting that they're part of me, Volkswagen. But let me back up. Where do you think most of these are located? Um, Southeast. Mm. Oh no, I'm going to be a little more precise. Okay, they're expecting to put most of these fast chargers at WalMarts. Yeah, that makes sense. Kind of like the way that Tesla did the whole Hy-Vee thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hy-Vee being a Midwestern grocery chain for those of you that don't know what that and is. Did, did IKEA ever get on with that? I know we did it's a, one. It's evolving. They're not there yet. Okay. And okay. it's more a concept, not a plan. That's what I was wondering. They were talking about interiors. Right. But I'm saving the best for last. Of course you are. Thousands of Swedes are inserting microchips under their skin. All right, hold it. Why does this sound like Logan's run again? Mm. Okay, but we and, have... I'm, and I'm sorry, at what point in time does that chip kill you? I'm not worried about the killing. I'm worried about Oh, the... now you're thinking Running Man, yeah. where you go past well, the perimeter and then well, the... the 70s movie was Logan's run. That was it. Yes, yep, that is. But here's my thing. We've talked about this where it was a company... That um, workers had the... Uh, Domestic company. Yes. Swedes are doing this. And the thing is, they're using this microchip to unlock doors to their apartments, yep. to where they go to work. The they're lock. looking... Uh, they said the ship, the chips are designed to speed up users' daily routines and make their lives more convenient, accessing their homes, offices, and gyms as easy as swiping their hand against the digital readers. It can also be used to store emergency contact details, social media profiles, or even e-tickets for events or rail journeys within Sweden. And locksmiths everywhere are cursing this ability. Imagine if you take that... And combine it with a cashierless store. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what it's going to evolve to. I remember back in the early 2000s, people were getting a chip. Yeah, it's happening. For credit card information. It's happening. Yeah. Next, facing challenging demographics, falling sales and regulatory pressures, Harley-Davidson is putting the touches on its all-new electric bike. Boomer bust? We take a look. Facts, real opinions, real talk. You are listening to Roadworthy Drive. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You're listening to Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken. Together with Jack and Sasha, we are the Roadworthy Drive crew. Thanks for dropping by. For those of you who want to learn more about the crew and the show, check out RoadworthyDrive.com. Find podcasts or previous shows, video of our behind-the-scenes antics, and so much more. The website is also a great place to discover where we are and what we're doing in social media. Sasha is our social media diva, and she keeps things light and lively during the week between shows. Be sure to like us on Facebook so that you don't miss a thing. And for those of you who want to know, Sasha is also the host of our social media-only show, Wheels of Non-Consent, as well as our brand new segment that we launched last week during our second hour, Tech with Sasha. Now, if your station doesn't carry our two of Roadworthy Drive, no worries. We post it every week on the website. For those of you on the go, you can also find it on Google Play. Be sure to check that out. And Sasha, did you want to add anything to that? I I did. I mean, I love doing uh, the Wheels of Non-Consent basically is we get to test drive a vehicle. Uh, Ken get these Ken gets these vehicles uh, once a week, um, and then I get a chance to <coughs> borrow, borrow them. Borrow them. We want them back. Um, and I give you a perspective as because I have children. I actually you know use these cars for my day to day, my um, grocery shopping, so on and so forth. And as a consumer, you have the right to know what your dollar can buy you as automobile and also as we're on for technology. Um, what is your better choice? Where is your best your dollar better spent? So I u- use Snapchat a lot. That is Tech with Sasha to do like more in depth. Um, you can also find me on Instagram and of course Facebook, where I post them on the Roadworthy Drive page, as well as the Tech with Sasha page. So you want to make sure to look me up so you don't miss a thing. And you don't want to miss a thing. Trust me, because you'll get a perspective that is unique <laughs> to a lady Sasha, and it's memorable. And I- also on the Tech with Sasha. I get into stuff that uh, the men refuse to allow me to say on the air. Like, not my monkey, not my circus. Yeah, what's up with that? You guys won't let me go into quantum computing and how it actually affects how our computers and how it's enabling the vehicle to everything infrastructure. Uh Mobility show, Sasha. It still ties in. Mo- mobility show. Do you show. see what I'm talking about, folks? Uh, yeah. In any this? case, in any case, we move on. <laughs> Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson. Iconic American motorcycle muscle. They don't call them hogs for nothing. Are they going to stay here in America? I had heard something through the grapevine that they were actually going to leave or shut down some shops. No, no, no. They're not leaving. They're moving a factory to China. 
Okay. But they're not leaving. Okay. Uh, Milwaukee would just fall apart, and we can't have that. No, we can't. We cannot have that. But this is kind of about, um, they've been teasing us in recent years. Yes, they With have. an electric motorcycle. For far too long. And guess what? Hmm? It is production ready. Oh. <gasps> It will be available in 2019. Did they show it off at SEMA? Uh, no, actually. Of really? all places, they showed it off at a show, get this, in Italy. Italy? Italy. Well, Why would they take it that far away? Um, uh, think, think about this. Aren't they like- Tariffs. The, yeah. No, okay. China. Yeah. Cost of production. Mm-hmm. If you want to show off something that is different, unique, um, stylish- then you have to take a global view. The biggest challenges that Harley has is that their current ownership base is aging, that their uh, their their uh, over the road bikes, their heavy bikes, their cruisers, are not as popular as they once was because millennials are more ecologically conscious yeah. than their parents and grandparents. Well, and the one major concern when. Uh, as Harley was teasing us with this bike, a lot of your heavy-duty, hardcore bikers were like, well, where's my vroom vroom, you know? And I think by releasing it into more eco-friendly um, countries like Italy, like China, they're going to be like, awesome, we like our motorcycles, and great, this is now electric. And it's sleek. I mean, it it's is a sharp-looking bike. bike. But the more important thing is remember – China is the largest market for vehicles in the world. It is also the largest market for electric vehicles in the world. And when you look at the numbers, the sheer numbers, it makes sense to want to be competitive in that country. So you're going to try to, one, uh, introduce it in such a way where it will sell well in that country. Two, um, hardcore choice. This is one of the, uh, uh, this is one of the uh, fallout uh, consequences of the tariffs. They couldn't afford to build that bike in the United States and sell it throughout the rest of the world. Wouldn't wouldn't work. So they're showing it elsewhere, and I doubt extremely, to be honest with you, uh, that that one's going to be built here. It may be imported here, but I doubt it will be built here. Where has right. this one be, been built at? Okay, we don't know yet because, again, concept, and it's going into production for sale next year. Yeah, um, it's but, not in protection yet. Production yeah, okay. yet. But, they're just kind of taking like the concept around and gauging but i agree with ken i don't think that it's actually going to be produced or yeah i doubt it um two things one um this bike can be charged with a standard household outlet or level two or level three faster chargers and to um sasha's point about the the typical harley sound um because it doesn't have that trademark harley sound harley's actually given it a tone that will increase in pitch and volume with speed. I know it's kind of it's hilarious. Imagine like an MP3 player for your bike just to give it that sound. I mean, it is completely artificial. And when you think about it, it's hilarious because I'm wondering later on down the line, can I get different voice boxes for my Harley? Um, <laughs> once you go digital, what's not to stop somebody from customizing it in different ways? The e-bike could really redefine. <laughs> you heard Jack's it. losing it. You heard it. <laughs> but but think about this. You could literally reprogram your bike and be very Get out of the customized. way. Yeah. Get out Bingo. of the way. There you go. Bingo. Jack's dying get, for this. Get out of my way. Right. Oh, my. Train horn. <laughs> Ooh, that's cold. I don't think that, I think that there'll probably be a safety, which probably could be, uh, you know, 
modified, but I'm sure that there's probably going to be a safety um, issue trigger in there that won't let a won't go over so many, so many decibels. decibels. Correct. Yeah. yeah, city. Let me give you the specifics. The bike is going to be powered by a permanent magnet electric motor, low in the motorcycle, lower the center of gravity, and improve handling at different speeds. But it actually has two batteries: the main battery. And another smaller battery that powers the lights, controls, horn, and instrument display. Get this, though. The bike will actually have seven different riding modes, three of which are rider-defined. Now, what does that mean? It means that you can literally tune this bike to ride the way you want it to. Aggressive or boulevard, soft or sport. Um, Similar to like a car like with the performance versus eco? Absolutely. Okay. So that you that you will have the ability to maximize your experience depending on your preferences or needs for that day or shoot for your mood. So the bike's got a lot of potential. They did not amount they did not announce price, recharging capability or specifics, but it's coming and if they deliver on half of the way this bike looks like, I think that uh, Harley's got a winner here. Okay, do we need a bike that really is moody? No, 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 no. no we, we have don't. one that like. No, we don't. Finally, leave it to Dubai. Now the affluent country is training its police on flying motorbikes made in California. We take a look. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You are listening to Roadworthy Drive. If you're just joining us, this is the last segment for this hour of Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken in studio with Jack and Sasha, and together we're better known as the Roadworthy Drive crew. The final topic of discussion uh, for this hour is Dubai and the police and um, flying motorbikes. Can I uh, be jealous? Yeah. And yes, they are a thing straight out of, of course, California. Um, Not surprised, California. Can I be jealous? You can. And before you ask if the suits will buy you one, I'll no. answer on behalf of Jack, no. Okay, but did you actually ask them? $150,000 a copy, I Sasha. I don't understand. Not if happening. we get the Roadworthy Drive Productions logo on each side, and then I'm actually taking it to and from the radio station, I mean, that is instantaneous one one, it's branding. Two, it is actually commercialization for the flying bicycle. And three, I mean... Sasha? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no one they, understands me. Paint uh, yeah. that the truth. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, so basically, California-based Hoversurf has started to fly its S3 2019, and they call it a... Hoover bike. Hover, hover bike. Sorry. Hover bike. hover bike. Wait, 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 wait. It's a hover bike. Are you know where I'm going with this? Hover bike? No. Where is my hover board? Uh-huh. If we've got a hover bike, I was promised in hover board back in 1987. Uh, it sounds like a Sasha yeah. problem. It's an everybody problem. Now, how high will that bike fly? 16 feet. 16 what? feet. 16, 16 feet. feet. Okay. 
Is somebody, is somebody going to play kamikaze with this thing and crash into your car to stop a pursuit? <laughs> no, I'm sure not. <laughs> this is for my country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but check this out. Maximum speed. Uh-huh. What you 60 got? 60 miles an hour. Heck yes! No. So not. Okay, now, Jack. And it weighs, and wait a minute, and it weighs 253 pounds. Wow. That's I mean, not light. No. But that's like considering a few other things, too, here, yes. Well, true. But here's the killer part. If you, yeah, if you, if it has a pilot, flight time, 20 to 10 to 25 minutes. Okay, now, I've If got- it's in drone mode, Sasha, uh-huh. yeah. up to 40 minutes. Think about this. Drone mode, no pilot. Okay, I got a problem with this. <laughs> I don't. I mean, can I affix a camera problem, to Jack? that? Uh, let's talk about speeding cameras. Oh, my. Ooh, that you wouldn't. Well, this is Dubai, though, so I don't think that they've got necessarily the same kind of laws well, that we do. Well, they may not have the same kind of laws, but what to say that they cannot abuse what they have? It's Dubai. I mean, duh. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, Jack, this would be a you question. You are familiar with semis and mm-hmm. uh, buses. Um, mm-hmm. How high is a semi? To give me ratio about how high 16 feet is. You're probably talking the height of the trailer? Uh, probably close to 10 feet. Okay, so I would be hovering another six, six feet, feet on above. top of that. Yes. Okay, so then I would be able to clear stoplights, and I would be able to clear... Oh, that would be freaky, coming Stop to lights. an intersection and seeing a cop hovering over the intersection. I'm Stop. just saying that would cause some crashes. <laughs> what Easily. The- Stop lights. Um, you'd clear those. You'd clear the semi, but it would give a new term to landing on the semi. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm thinking about a tunnel. And we all know, like, those escape scenes, especially on, like, Wile E. Coyote, right? Where he's, like, you know, zoom in. Smack. Right. <laughs> oh, no. Ouch. <laughs> okay. Um, they... Hover, Hover Surf actually gave Dubai Police Department their first production unit of this bike. Okay. And has begun training officers to fly it. Now, it, they consider it a electric vertical takeoff and landing vehicle. Wow. And they're going to use it as a first responder use it, a unit to, reach, to access hard-to-reach areas. Okay. They expect to be in action, actually part of the force by 2020. And they already have two crews training on the thing, and they're increasing the number. And they explained that the ideal candidates will be able to ride a motorcycle and have drone operating experiences. So basically, if you know how to ride a motorbike and you know how to operate a drone. That I bought at Walmart for 200 bucks. Yes. Could, so be, need, could be for you. I need to move to Dubai. They Well, hold on on that. Okay. The Dubai police have exclusive rights to order as many units as they want. They're going to let us know in the next month or two if they'd like more. If they'd like 30 or 40, we'll make it happen for them. Uh, just for perspective, we're talking about a price of one of these it being is- $150,000. Yeah. 30 or 40 is between four point five and $6 million they're talking about. Just thought I'd put that out there. When you, when you asked the suits whether I could have one, did you also put in that I could have asked for fi- 5 to $6 million? That definitely wouldn't have happened. Now, here's something for you, Sasha. Yes, sir. Um, if you're not a member of the force and have a spare 150000 I do not. The hover bike could still be yours. <gasps> Orders are open to civilians, but they caution the buyers a screen to ensure they can handle the new tech. Here's a really interesting part. In the United States... The hoverbike has actually met the Federal Aviation Administration's guidelines, which means you do not need a pilot's license to fly the vehicle. 
Well, that low, I wouldn't think you would need it. Mm, 16 feet, you're talking drone territory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the FAA has uh, requirements on drones. Yes, they do. So, you know, you've got that issue. Um, now, they explained that there's some opportunities to to expand the battery technology uh, because advances, they're talking about battery energy battery energy density. Now, by introducing new via, introducing new materials like graphene could actually increase flight times. So they're looking at even taking this further. Plus, they've de- they've developed a ducted fan system that claims it's smaller, quieter, safer, and more efficient than a propeller with equivalent thrust. And if it gets lighter, again, more distance. So they're they're even promising to tweak this thing. But if there is a drawback, it's one thing. They have not yet confirmed a manufacturing site. These are not yet in production. Okay. Um, they are talking with three companies in different locations around the world. And gee, shocker, Dubai is one of the locations under consideration. Well, I could, I could believe that. So, But here's something that may be better suited for Sasha. Of course. Uh, Hover Surf has also developed a bigger two-seater flying car it plans to showcase in four to five months and offer for sale in 2020. And, and how much are they thinking? Uh, they did not announce a price for that. Now, is it one of those, I understand it's a flying car, but then can I then go to drive it on the streets? Do the wings fold in? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but this is not this is not a car per se. Okay. You're going to hover above it. You know, Hover mm-hmm. is kind of the name of the company. Again, where's my hoverboard? Hover. Um, the key that you need to realize is that there's, in addition to this project, there's over 100 um, electric vertical takeoff and landing or flying car projects that have already been announced around the world. So we've got all of that going on. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So it never ceases to amaze me how fast this hour goes by, yet here we are. Until next time, thanks for listening. Roadworthy Drive is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Roadworthy Drive Productions Incorporated.